Awesome. Guys are ahead of time here this morning. We're supposed to be doing stewardship. They're already setting up for the message. Give them a round of applause. These guys are quick. These guys are quick this morning. Well, I may as well just do it from this chair as I'll be here for the next uh, 35 minutes or so. Turn to the person next to you and say, man, I am so free. Wow. You know, I was speaking to a, a pastor yesterday and uh, we, I had to go drop him off. And he's an African gentleman and he goes to an African church. And he was saying to me, you know, Pastor Didi, why has the church gone so skew? Where did it get so corrupt? Because how many of you guys know that today the church is corrupt in many, many ways? It's lost its purity and it's lost its vision, and especially the modern day church. And the Bible tells us and warns us, actually, it says throughout the Gospels, God says, you cannot serve mammon, money, the spirit of mammon, okay, and God. You can only serve one the other because you'll either land up hating the one and loving the other and vice versa are you guys with me the very thing that corrupts society down to its core has always been the false sense of power that money gives us amen it is the very thing that builds the human flesh to a point where it thinks it can trust the system and not God. Nothing else. Nothing else. It has such a profound effect on us as people because, especially Christians, because we are called to believe in a God that we can't see. We are called to believe in a creator that we can't see. We are called to believe in his hand being our source. And that's what separates us from the world because you see, when we have money in our pockets or in our wallets, there's the sense that, you know, I can get what I want. Are you guys with me? Have you ever been in a place where you don't have the money and you need to get something? <laughs> yes, we've all been there. Amen? I don't think anybody here comes from like a serious trust fund, trust fund family. Anybody? If you do... This is our tithing. Um. <laughs> Amen. So just think about it. You've got bills to pay at the end of the month. Money is the very thing that makes our spiritual beliefs the rubber meet the road. Are you with me? Because money and, th and, and obviously bills and debt and all that stuff. There's no time limit on I'm waiting for the healing to come in my body. I'm walking through the relationship issues that I have. God's leading me out of it. By the first of the month, there's debit orders going off my account. Hello? Are you with me? So you must understand, that's why God compares the spirit of mammon to the same kind of devotion as to the king of the universe. And you must understand the deceptions of the false power and sense of freedom that money gives you or the sense of, you know what, I'm okay because I've got enough. It is the only feeling in a human heart that can compare to the provision and safety that you find in your father. There's nothing else. Are you with me, family? And that spirit is where the church has gone wrong. 
The church has become all about money and prosperity and building big buildings and having fancy cars and massive houses. We've lost the plot. But it's not just the pastor's fault. It's the people in the church's fault. Why? We can't just blame the pastors. It's the same spirit in the pews as there is in the pulpit. They're all looking for the same thing. And it's amazing how swart suk swart. I love Afrikaans. There's no, there's no better way of describing things like that, you know. Swart suk swart. The false will find the false. The fake will hang with the fake. Birds of a feather will flock together. We can stand up here and we can preach to you the deliverance from money through the love of God, through this, the sacrificial, the sacrifice of Christ and how we can depend on God and we can show you all the, the, the stuff about the kingdom and how things get added to you. But if your heart still wants the stuff and not God, you will sit here for a couple of weeks and eventually you will find yourself in one of those churches that are saying, give your money so that you can get Let's be real with ourselves. This is the issue. Amen? We're trusting money more than we're trusting God. Let's look in our hearts this morning and say, you know what? I'm making a decision, Lord. I'm going to trust you. I am going, no matter if I don't, trust me, guys. I'm not, we're not sitting here saying and, and telling you things that we've never experienced. I've walked out of jobs, full-time jobs, when God has told me to. And within the next couple of weeks, people from nowhere deposited money. Into, we don't even know where they got our bank account number from. Not because we gave our 10, because we trusted God. Do you know that you can give your 10 and not trust? Are you with me? When we've needed to pay for our kids' education, money has just come in. because we wish, And money just comes in. Some people will go, I don't want to live like that. Eh? That's not a cool way to live. Trust me. It's the best way to live. Because if you can depend on him like that, then you walk in like Jesus walked. When Jesus needed money, he didn't go and make a plan, see the tax collectors and say, listen, guys, if I give you this, can you give me a six-month loan? I need to pay temple tax. I don't have anything on me. Did you see Jesus do that? Did you see Jesus swipe a credit card? He didn't go anywhere. He didn't go to the system. He was so free and so dependent on God. He'd turn and he'd say, we need temple tax. Go down to the river. There's a fish there. When you pull him out, open his mouth, there'll be a gold coin in there. Let's pay to Caesar what is Caesar's. Now, that for me is the ultimate freedom. Are you with me? That's the ultimate freedom from the system. Get free from this system. The only way you can is by putting your trust in Jesus. Putting your trust in God. He is the true source. Amen. So, while you're making that decision, we're going to roll our little uh, play-in, our rolling of music. And uh, who's helping us this morning with the bags? Who's helping us with? Okay, there's two beautiful women there. Give them a round of applause. Three beautiful women. Amen. Come on, give him a round of applause. 
And I will ask uh, Pastor Bash to come and join us. Amen. Amen. Thank you for giving. Thank you for uh, trusting in the Lord. Let's, let's sit back and see what he does in our lives. Eh? Amen. 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 Come on, give Pastor Bash a round of applause. Thanks, Pastor Didi. <laughs> How's it, guys? Are you all well? What happened to the chairs here? Something, there was like a, yeah, something happened there. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> But it's all good. Are we good this morning? We're going to do what the Catholic priests do when they walk through before the service. Oh, yes. They burn yeah. the incense. You got to swing that thing, you know? Because somebody feels that there's bad luck here. It's <laughs> yeah. weird. Come, Jared. Yeah, break, break uh -huh. it, Jared. Break it. There you go. Okay, break it just a little bit. Thanks. Thanks. Man, God is good, hey? Have you guys been enjoying this uh, Walking with God series? Yeah, we've touched on some interesting things, hey? Just a few? Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Dwayne. Thanks, man. Yeah, you got me. Got me. Yeah, so uh, we said, no, this weekend we're going uh, gonna to tie it up. Obviously, you can see we're back at the table. This is the table of discussions and conversations. All right. And um, how many weeks has it been? Seven? Six? Yeah. Six. This is number six. Six. Yes. So yeah. we'll always end off a series like this where everybody gets together. Tuss is not here this morning. Yeah, yeah. He's in Deben. Yeah. So what the whole plan is, is that we'll all preach throughout the month or throughout that series, and then to end off and close off the series, we'll come into a discussion kind of forum, because yeah. we want to see what the guys have retained. We yeah. want to see what you're carrying in your heart from the message. Amen? Mm. So very important. So we're going to chat a little bit, and then we're going to open up the, uh, the forum a bit, and we'll see if uh, we can have some add-ins and uh, some responses. Yeah, for sure. So uh, if you guys have any comments or questions, get them ready. Uh, we'll obviously open up the floor just now. I'm sure everyone's reviewing their notes quickly. Hey, what's happening? Um, but this morning we just wanted to tie it together because um, I think you did, you did one, you did two, Tasu did two, I did one. Yeah, and today we're doing this one, right? So there was a lot that was spoken about um, with regard to talk, uh, walking with God, talking with God, walking and talking with God, right? There was, a, there was a lot that was said and there were a lot of different principles that we touched on. You know, and uh, today I just wanted to tie it up with something that we touched on Wednesday with Discipleship School, uh, Discipleship School students, woo, yeah, if you still want to be on Discipleship School, speak to Ads afterwards, where's he? Don't miss it, it's a great opportunity. Your Ads is not here, okay, anyway, wherever he is, but anyway, so um, yeah, so we were touching on um, Luke chapter 14, okay, let's go there, Dill, Dilly Dokes. Um, was it 25? Yeah. Luke chapter 14, verse 25 and 26. Um, so yeah, like, like we were saying the last five weeks, we've touched on so many things about walking with God. We spoke about different elements of getting your heart open. We spoke about um, the principles of what you need to let go of and what you need to take hold of, you know, all these sort of things. So let's just pick up here quickly. We are mindful of time. So um, now great multitudes went with him and he turned and said to them, 
If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Sheesh. Sorry, I didn't mean to kill the mood, you know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We know, uh, we know this scripture doesn't get read often. Are you guys with me? Because sometimes when you read this scripture, you're just like, whoa, God's telling me to hate? I thought God is love. Oh, no. That's a good thought to have, firstly, right? God is love. But let's just talk about here for a second what Jesus is actually asking everyone to do when it comes to calling ourselves his disciples, to walking with him, to becoming exactly as he is. Are you with me? Because like we, we sang this morning, and those songs were so cool, man, um, that we were singing this morning. Beautiful, man. Yes, see. But spiritually, we all are those things. Saved, healed, delivered, set free, made prosperous, um, righteous, no condemnation, something else we sang this morning. Yeah. Um, but we are all of those things spiritually. But Romans tells us that day by day, we are transforming. Corinthians even tells us that we are transforming day by day in our soul to experience that more. Are you guys with me, right? So over here, Jesus is not saying, hey, uh, you got to hate your, your, your father and your mother, okay? Now, I know some people here that may be easy for you, but hold on. Jesus is not talking about hate, okay? Um, wife and children, no, right? It's not about hate. Brothers and sisters, that one's also probably easy. On certain sibling days, right? Certain sibling days, yeah, it's easy. Megan's nodding her head there. She's like, yeah, especially. <laughs> and yes, his own life. Now, that's kind of taking place uh, in the world today. Um, I think suicide and depression is the highest it's ever been in, I don't know what, how long. How long. Um, but now this whole um, uh, discussion that's coming up about, you know, in America, they, they're, they're talking about the rights of, uh, that abortion is a constitutional right and all that stuff. People in certain interviews are saying, yeah, I wish even I was aborted. I'm like, yes, you Let's just take a step back. We get you want to prove a point here, but you're literally saying you wish you weren't born, okay? So, so there is a lot of hate in the world, but the hate that Jesus is talking about here is not the same hate that the world has. Are you with me? Um, and, and Tessa was breaking it down on Wednesday. Oh, sorry, at the back there. <laughs> While you were, you were busy teaching, he was breaking it. I was like, but check here, check here. I'm like, okay, cool. But, uh, but he, was, he was explaining in the Old Testament when, when God says that he loved Jacob, but he hated Esau, right? Now, for God to say he hates someone, that sounds hectic because God can't hate, right? But what he was talking about is that he hated Esau's motivation. He hated his reason as to why he did what he did, right? Esau, now you go back and you read the story, Esau gave up his birthright for a bowl of soup. Now, in my mind, at least a steak or something. Not, not soup. I mean, dude, really. Jeez, maybe a peanut butter and jam sandwich or something. Not soup, right? But he gave up his birthright because he was hungry. He just wanted to satisfy his stomach, okay? And uh, uh, Jacob, right, he wanted the inheritance. He wanted what God had promised. Are you guys with me? So he wanted all the blessings that God said he would give, right? But Esau sacrificed all of that just so he could eat, okay? And that is what Jesus is referring to here is that when he's saying, listen, we need to hate Father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even our own life. What he's talking about is that if you truly want to walk in intimacy with him, you must hate all the logic that you've accumulated in your life. 
about how to love. Are you guys with me? Like this morning, you were talking about money, right? Now, that's a huge thing, as Pastor Didi mentioned, and a lot of people don't realize that when they come to God, they need to redefine how they understand money. Are you with me? When we come to God, we need to redefine how we understand ourselves. We need to redefine how we understand relationships, how we understand health, how we understand wisdom. Are you guys with me? We need to redefine all these things because what tends to happen is we say, okay, Lord, I'm in your kingdom. Please change your kingdom to suit me. And God's like, okay, maybe in a democracy you can vote, okay? But in the kingdom, I'm the king, and I have designed this kingdom to work to your benefit. So if I change the kingdom, you're the one who's at the short end of the stick. Are you guys with me? So this process, guys, and, and this is something that, that is, is probably the biggest um, stumbling block for believers who want to grow in their walk with God. All right? This is probably the biggest stumbling block is because when you get to the point where you make the decision to commit to Jesus, right? You make that decision like, wow, this is amazing. I feel the love of God in my heart. This is awesome. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. The Holy Spirit has sealed me. He's alive inside of me. This is awesome, right? But what happens is, is that over our entire lives, we have built a confidence in the way we do things. How many of you agree? How many of you here, when you put your socks on, you put the left foot first? Check quickly, just check. Just check. Yeah, Karin, you also, hey? Yeah, I put the left on first, right? I dare you tomorrow, change it. Put the right on first. And tell me about the anxiety you'll feel. Tell me. Yeah. Tell me. Okay, who of you here sets the volume on your radio or your TV and it must end on a zero or a five? <laughs> yes, see, that hand went up quick. <laughs> Put it on a prime number. I dare you and see what your anxiety is going to do. I dare you, right? But do you, you guys understand what I'm saying? Like every day we build confidence in our routine. Okay, we build confidence in what we know. Okay? But the Bible is calling us to build confidence now in knowing God and knowing his way. Are you guys with me? And that becomes now our resistance that we start experiencing day to day when we're trying to grow closer to God. Are you with me? Because for, for years, you would have been carrying on in a certain way of doing things, right? You just, you just go like, cool. And then you start studying the word, and then you read the word, and the word says, no, but you mustn't do it like that. Now you're like, I say, whoa, you're asking me, Lord, are you telling me that I mustn't end the volume with a five or a zero? This is, this is too hectic for me, Lord. I need a special grace to do this. <laughs> Are you guys with me? Right? And all now, the control freaks said, <laughs> yeah, amen. Yeah. Amen. Who finds themselves like being a control freak <laughs> over things here? <laughs> Check the hands are like, yeah, like I'm just going to control how I'm going to raise my hand now, Pastor yeah. Didi. Like, you know. <laughs> but think about the confidence, guys. I want, I want each of you to take something trivial in your life. That really irks you, you know? How many of you, when you, you know, on your, on your cell phone or email or whatever, when you've got that unread symbol, how many of you get affected by that? Okay, people who, who work a lot, don't, don't, let's not talk about email, let's talk about WhatsApp or whatever, right? You know that little red thing that's there? Does that not annoy you guys? When it says plus one, plus two, plus three, unread messages. Okay, sorry, Apple users, whatever, okay? Us Android people. We get notifications, all right? But think about something practical now. Everyone, take a moment. Something practical that's so trivial that every single day, it would irk you if it was out of place. Let's, let's, let's practically apply this. Has everyone got something? 
It's not going to be that difficult, guys. This is like difficult for you every day. Like if you walk into a room and something is a bit skewed, do you have to put it straight? Whatever it is. Okay, let me see some nods in that section. You guys got something? Whatever it is. Okay, you got something? Yo, you, just one, eh? Yeah. Is it Llewellyn? Is he? No, no. <laughs> this side, you guys, you got something? You all got something? Okay, cool. This side? Yes, yes, yes. Linda, you don't have anything. Wow. Are you perfect? Just as Jesus is. Hallelujah. Pray. You should be here. <laughs> that section there, you all got something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, you got 10. 10 things. Okay, I just wanted one, James. <laughs> just one. All right, now here's the thing. Okay, I want you to think about now two parts. The first part is, right, what do you get from that thing being the way you want it to be? Sense of peace, okay, yeah, 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 sense of peace, satisfaction, you know, you get like a woosah, like everything is right with the world, you know, yeah, you know, that's that whole story, okay, so, so that's what you get from it, so therefore, when it's out of place, what do you experience? Okay, let's keep it holy, Let chaos, okay, let's keep it holy, this side, what do you all experience, Jared? Discomfort, anger, there's a lot coming from this, <laughs> Anger, irritation, right? All that stuff, okay? Come, General, I know you like details. How do you feel? <laughs> you know, like, like, but you get sometimes, it, it gets hectic. You know, like when you're sitting at the restaurant and they've got like tables that they've put together. Like if I'm sitting there at my table section, right? And then it's not lined up. I'll move everyone else's table so it's a line. It doesn't need to be a line beyond the table next to me, but one, two, three. <laughs> it must be like that, you know? And we, we said irritation, chaos, you get an unsettled feeling, frustration, annoyance, you know, all that stuff, right? Like my, my dog does this thing, okay? If you, if you don't show him any attention, what he will do is he will go into your room, he will take a sock of yours, and he will leave it in the middle of the lounge and walk away. Because he knows, listen, I want you to understand, you have neglected me and I need attention, okay? That causes annoyance, right? Now, that is with something so trivial, guys. The volume, a table, a picture, your desktop on your computer, an unread message, okay? Something so trivial, yet it causes us such frustration, right? How much more when we're faced with the reality that we need to change the areas that are more weighty in life? We need to start changing how we're dealing with our relationships, when we need to start changing how we're dealing with our marriages, our friendships, our business relationships, how we're dealing with our finances. When we need to start changing uh, uh, how we're looking at health, how we're looking at value. Are you guys with me? When we need to start changing about what we think about truth. When truth needs to be Jesus and not what serves us. Are you with me? How much more will our struggle be? Hello, come on. Don't go quiet. You guys are doing well there. Hello? Yes? Yes? Okay, agree? Agree? See, they were okay with the volume. Now it's serious. They're like quiet, but it's fine. <laughs> um, and this is why, this is why a lot of people get excited in the beginning. They come to a church and they open their heart in worship and man, they have an experience. They're like, whoa, is this God? And we're like, yeah. It's like, God's amazing. Yeah. You know, it's so cool. And then they, they, they begin that walk. And then they get to this verse and like, this is too hectic. How can Jesus ask me to do this? Are you guys with me? 
But this is why, like we were singing this morning and like we teach in this church, is that the logic that we are told to adapt, right, is firstly given by God and secondly sustained by God. Are you with me? Because here's the thing, right? Who in your life, that issue that I asked you about now, that, that one that frustrates you, who in your life comes and fixes it for you? <laughs> no one, right? That's why it annoys you, because it's not in place, right? And you have to fix that. Now, but now that is the logic you've put in place, right? But the logic that God is telling us to put in place He's saying that if you put this in place in your heart and you renew your mind to this, he will be the one that sustains it. That is the difference between the flesh and the spirit. Are you guys with me? See, whatever is birthed in flesh will need to be maintained by flesh. Therefore, that little annoyance that you put in place there, every time it's out, you're the one who has to fix it. But if we choose to align ourselves with the way that God has prescribed, then the way that he has designed it will provide. Are you with me? Like now, when you were talking this morning about money, right? God is saying, return, Malachi, it says, return to me, okay? Return to me, and I will open the floodgates of heaven. Now, the context is Old Testament, we understand, okay? The floodgates of heaven is your heart. You're fine. You're okay. Jesus is alive inside of you. Everything's yours. All right? But what he's saying is that return your trust to me because he is the one who doesn't change. He is the one who always provides. He is the one who doesn't lie. He is the one who always delivers. Are you guys with me? So that is the number one thing, guys, that we need to remember when we're making this change from our logic to God's logic because it is overwhelming. Think about it. You read the scripture. It's like, Lord, you're telling me that every belief that was established in my life, I think it was before the age of seven, eh? by the time you, you're seven years old, basically your, your logic for life is decided. All right? And for the rest of your life, those sort of core things are set, and you're just kind of building on top of that. Okay? When you get to this scripture, you're saying, okay, Lord, I need to go back. But I mean, my mom is so sweet. I mean, what... What do you mean i got to change what she taught me? Jeez, she's, could she have taught me something wrong? My father is so amazing. Oh, my gosh, man, that man is, yo, if I could be half the man, you know, my Lord, must I really change that? Are you guys with me? But we mustn't look at what we need to take out. We need to look at what we must move towards. Because, you see, every single one of us can only give what we have. Amen? Have you ever tried giving something you don't have? Please say no. <laughs> okay. We can only give what we have. Therefore, right, all this logic that we've been given across our life, people have been giving to us of what they had. Are you with me? But us now having the Spirit of God alive inside of us, should we not be receiving what He has for us? Amen? I think who was it? Uh, one of the weeks we read the scripture. Was it Llewellyn, I think? Yeah. Was it Luke 9, I think it was, where Jesus was saying, he says, Fear not, little flock, for God takes great delight in giving you the kingdom. Amen? Jesus even said the kingdom of God is inside of you. So now, in terms of what we have, we need to change our understanding as well. Because a lot of people will look at their bank balance and say, I got nothing. Are you with me? 
A lot of people will look at many things in life and say, oh, I got nothing. But they will not look inwardly and understand that God is alive inside of them. He's one spirit with them. And now all of a sudden, you have plenty. Are you guys with me? Can you see this mechanic that's at play here? That when it comes to changing overnight, and if we truly want to walk in intimacy with God, we need to realize that this needs to be a reality to us. It's like, Lord, okay, if my mom says that I must make the, the, the lamb roast like this, I'll change it. I'll make it the way you said. Everyone's like, Ish. it's like my favorite recipe, you know. <laughs> God even made the lamb and the spices. Imagine what he could do with a lamb roast. Trivial example, but do you guys understand what I'm saying? We must remove all our confidence from the knowledge we've accumulated through flesh. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Are you guys following? You're getting. This is so important because, you see, in church today, most Christians believe that when we compare walking in the spirit to walking in the flesh, it's all about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So you'll speak to people, and particularly in, in my culture, the Afrikaans culture, okay, Engelse Burki, okay? Ek lyk soos a potagees, maar ek is nie, ek is a boer, okay? So, um, why are you guys shaking your head? Did that sound bad? Sound like I'm speaking in tongues. Clay Biki. <laughs> so the problem is, especially in our traditional cultures in this country, we've been taught that, you know, walking in the flesh is when you're sinning. Walking in the flesh is not only when you sin. Walking in the flesh is when you're walking, trusting your own understanding. He says, lean, uh, lean not under your own... Uh, help me out here. Lean not on your own understanding. Lean not in your own understanding, but trust the Lord with all your heart and soul. So what is he saying here? You see, the thing about... Christians, and, and most people will say, listen, most of those same traditional believers that go to church, or we've stopped going to church, they'll say, you know, I don't go to church because everybody there is a sinner and they're all hypocrites. You know what I'm saying? Why are they hypocrites? Ah, because you know what? They go to church and then afterwards they're having affairs and then you see them in the bar on a Friday drinking at the rugby sports bar, watching the rugby, getting frotte on the weekend, and then they go to church on a Sunday. I can't go to church because they're a bunch of hypocrites. You see, when we don't realize that we can't categorize the flesh. When we start to categorize the flesh, like I'm just a control freak who likes to fix things on the desk when they skew. I don't go to the bar and get drunk on a Friday. Hello? It's not talking about your behavior. God's talking about your heart condition. So what God is saying is when we walk in the spirit, we, we must understand that God has come to set us free and open our eyes of our hearts. Yeah. You know, Jesus said this, he said to the Pharisees, because you claim you can see, you remain blind. What is he talking about? He's saying that you're not looking at me and the world through a, a complete whole heart through Christ. The moment that you think you can see, because guess what you... You know what the average person is looking through? They're not looking through the eyes of their heart into the world. They're looking through the eyes of their ego. So why does God hate Esau and not Jacob? He hates Esau because Esau is living from the ego, not from the heart. What is the ego? The ego is that part of you that 
you have developed from birth, because you grew up in a, under certain parents and certain context, you have learned how to keep yourself safe. When you're all by yourself and you don't feel good, you've learned how to manipulate your emotions to make yourself feel good enough. You've learned how to ma uh, manipulate your own thoughts to make yourself feel accepted and loved or just somebody of standing in society. So when God says the thing he hates the most is a hypocrite, he's talking about the person who's coming here and they're not giving their heart, they're living from the ego. See, because the second part of you, or the, 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 the outside part, should I say, the conscious ego part that you've been living from, protecting yourself from, is the, is the part that God hates. Because you're trusting that image and not His image. Come on. Yeah. Are you guys with me? The ego is developed over years. It's the hardest thing to die. That's when... Uh, to kill. That's why the, when this verse ends, Jesus says, you only enter into life when you die. He's not asking you to go stand on the freeway and get hit by a bus. He's saying when your identity in your ego that you have built up from birth, when that thing dies, when you stop trusting in your own ways, yeah. now I can help you. That's what God hates about a hypocrite. That's why he would say to the Pharisees, you're filled with dead man's bones, you whitewashed tombs, you are hypocrites. Because they never came before God with a pure, open heart. They came and they tried to add, they tried to add behavior of God's word and, and God's precepts and laws to this ego to, make, to use God's word as another tool to feel good. Another tool to feel right and accepted and holy and righteous. They never came before God and allowed the ego to die compared to the righteousness of Christ. They come to God every day with the ego and they try to use the word and the sacrifices and the laws and the things and the sacraments and add it to this broken ego. And God goes, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated with you. I love you, but I'm frustrated with you. Why? Because I want to put my hand in the mix here, but I'm not going to put my hand in the ego that thing must die. I want the real you. And until that thing dies, I can't help you. Do you understand what he's saying? That's why he's saying, because you are a hypocrite, judgment remains on you because you say you can see when you can't. Don't ever, ever think you can see because you can't. Not through your ego and not through your physical knowledge. Your mental knowledge. A, the, the greatest trait of a, of, a, of a son or a daughter of God or of a Christian, if you want to call it a Christian. We're not Christians. We're children of God, just by the way. Christianity is a subculture designed by man. They've taken the word of God and they've added it to their ego to make them right. Are you with me? That's why there's so much confusion in the church. This is supposed to be about dead people here this morning. Are you dead? Or are you still hanging on to Opa Khruki's words? Are you still holding on to all the tools and the things that you built up to make yourself a survivor? Are you with me? Don't you know that your ego is all about surviving? But if you let go of that thing and you die, you actually live. 
It's not about making a living. It's about enjoying a life. That's good. Are you with me? That's what God's trying to tell us. But we are just, we, con- uh, we are uh, uh, condensing it into this simple little thing. Oh, as long as I behave, okay. No, you are feeding your ego. Don't you understand that because of Adam's fall, no man, no man could get himself out of that depraved, fallen state. If he could in any way get himself out, then Jesus was given in vain. The Bible tells us clearly in Romans 5, it says, through one man's sin, all men were depraved and fallen and they could not get out of their state. So another Adam had to come. The Bible calls him the second Adam. And now it says, because of the second Adam, you can now die. Remember when you got baptized? What is dying? Your ego. What is your ego? Your thoughts, your logic, your ways, your philosophies, your control issues, everything that you have built up around you to try and make yourself feel sane and safe and acceptable. Are you with me? This is what this is about, guys. This is not about you just, you know, stopping to catch a work outside you after church. If you think that Jesus died just so that you can stop smoking and then everything's okay, man, <laughs> you've got a serious problem. We need to have a talk. <laughs> My gosh. If you think the Creator's son's blood was spilled so that you can just stop having a dope. It goes to the root of the dope problem. The root of the doping problem is your ego. You see, the dope is just another tool to try and get away from not feeling right in your ego. We must change that verse. I don't want to change the word of God. But we must say, God hated Jacob. No, God loved Jacob, but he hated Icho, not Esau. (laughs) Icho. Yo, Icho. How do you say it in Afrikaans? Yes, master. Yehu. I'm a Rama, so I'm things. Do you guys understand the depth of the word here? God's going beyond this facade that we are living. Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy. Performanism is your greatest issue because all your performance is, uh, is attached to your ego. Yeah. Let's redefine things like Bash said. Let's redefine money. Can we redefine it? Quickly. Imagine right now, every single person on this planet understood that money is a means to an end. Money is simply, I've got to get up, go to work, earn the money so I can eat. Now imagine that's it. Get up, I go to work so that I can eat, so that I can have some clothes on my, on my back and I can have a roof over my head. That's where money should stop, right there. Because if that was the case, all of us would do that and then we would spend all of our time focusing on our wives, our children, and our friends. But every single problem we have today is because everyone is chasing after the money because it fulfills an ego lack and they don't spend time with their family and their friends and they don't know who they are. All they know is what they do and how much money they have and that's why society is broken. You wanna redefine money? Let's redefine it right now. Let's put it in its place. Money's not the problem. 
It's the lack in your heart, in your ego, because you haven't surrendered it to God. That's why money still has a power on you. That's why money is destroying your family. That's why you've gone through three divorces, because you are the most successful CEO in Standard Bank. Oh, shame. I feel so sorry for you because your kids don't even want to sit at the dinner table with you. Do you understand what God is talking about? He's not talking about your behavior. He's talking about the root of your behavior. He's talking about that sense of you being God of your own heart. Yeah. Yeah. This is Christianity. This is what it's all about. It's about who are you? He turns to the Pharisees. He says, you hypocrites. You've taken the laws and the precepts. And you've turned them into an egotistical tool to make yourself feel better so that you can push man down and you keep them out of the kingdom when you do it. And he says, then you go overseas and over, uh, over land and you make the people that you teach double sons of hell like you. That comes out of the, the mouth of Jesus to the religious people of his time. You hypocrites. I cannot help you. I cannot help a hypocrite. I hate a hypocrite. Why do I hate a hypocrite? A hypocrite. Why? Because it stands in the way of me and my child. That's why I hate that hypocrite. And the only thing that's standing in the way of you and God is your control issues of trying to be righteous. Do you understand what we're talking about here this morning? Yeah. This is the essence of Christianity. Yeah. This is it. This is what Jesus came to change. Jesus didn't come to change your behavior so you can wear a suit on a Sunday, have a Bible under your arm and feel good about yourself. Go home and beat your wife to a pulp. Go home and, and destroy your own children because of your lack. That's not why Jesus came. All that stuff is just the fruit of the root in your heart, which is me being in control of my righteousness. That's why Jesus comes and he says, righteousness is a free gift. Not only do I give you the righteousness, this is the right standing positionally with God. He says, I want to give you the Holy Spirit so that you can experience the right standing. Amen. So guess what? For a true Christian, for a true son and daughter of God, his ego is replaced by the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit is now your app for life, not your mom and dad's philosophies. That's why he says, man, it's an example we used on, on Wednesday. How does a Muslim enter into the life that God has for him if he comes and he gives himself over to Jesus? He says, yes, I'm a, new, I'm a reborn Christian now. But he still looks at women as less than a man. Because his culture and his mom and dad said, you know what, this woman, she's not worth nothing. She's a servant of a man. She doesn't deserve this. She doesn't deserve that. How's he going to enter into life? He can't. That's why he's saying, Hate your mom and dad. Hate what? Hate their egos, not them. Hate their philosophies. Hate their culture. Hate their traditions that they're hanging on to that make them feel right. Because they have poisoned you with that stuff. 
And you have now built up a version of yourself from that that is so far from who you really are in me that I can't get to you. I can't get to you. Do you understand what this is about, fam? The ego has to die. I don't know what people think baptism is. When you went under the water, you're supposed to have drowned there. (laughs) And then when you come up, you're the new person in Christ. And whatever didn't die in that moment, because it's such an amazing emotional moment, we write certain things on our hearts in those big emotional moments. Whatever didn't die there, there's a process to killing it every week, every day. Are you with me? That's what Christian, that's the journey. That's the journey we're on. We're on this journey where we're becoming refined gold. Does anybody know what refined gold looks like? When gold gets to its purest form, can anyone tell me what it looks like? You see, what they do is they take gold, okay, and they put it on fire. And then they turn up the furnace, and then the gold gets heated up, and then all the scum comes to the top. Then they take this tool, and they remove the scum. Then they heat it up again, and all all the dirt comes up again. Then they remove the scum off the top. They do this over and over again, and they only know when it's pure, when it is completely transparent. Our journey is a journey to transparency where we are naked from our ego, standing before the King of Kings. And He accepts us right there where there's nothing to protect us from ourselves. Come on. That's it. That's it. That's what this journey is about. 100%. It's not about you being a good person, you couldn't be good if you tried. Come on. The Bible tells us there's only one that is good, and that's God. That's it. You think you're good? Hey, yay, yay. Please don't say you're good. Because Jesus said, the moment you say you can see, you are blind. And that's blind, bro. Are you with me? Are you, are you, do you get the essence of Christ? Stop running after this religious rubbish. Don't you understand this whole system that we see, the banking system, the the financial system, the medical system, everything is a, it is a, an invention of the ego. And everybody's so attached to it. Are you with me? But God's going, listen here, you, you can, you can use medicine, but please don't trust it. Can you just come and trust me? Come out of the system. You need money, but please don't trust it. Come to me. Come out of the system. Exactly. He's saying, come to me. Get naked in every aspect of your ego so that I can show you life. That when you're sitting at home and it's just you and there's nothing distracting you, there's no responsibility, there's no nothing, and you can look at the picture frame and it's skew, and you can think about your kids and they're not perfect, and you can sit there and take stock of yourself and you can go, you know, I, I, I'm not as great as I thought I was. But you know what? I'm sitting here in peace. I'm in peace. Yeah. Not because of anything I've done or said. I'm, pe- I'm at peace in my heart. Mm. 
because I am free from my ego that tells me every single day, do, 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 get, 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 be, be, be. I am who I am by the grace of God. That is it. Amen. You good? <laughs> you guys good? We good? All right, cool. Ask the person next to you. You double check with them. You good? <laughs> any, is there, do you guys have any questions? <clears throat> I don't know, anything about anything. Jesse, you just bulldozed them with so much to process. <laughs> <laughs> All the questions just went zoop. <laughs> okay, but while you guys are thinking, take a moment, okay? Take a moment because this principle that we're talking about this morning, it affects us everywhere, guys. The simple thing, like, like, like this morning, like when we come into worship here, right? Like we won't have an experience and be like, mm, maybe the Holy Spirit didn't want that today. Well, I don't know. What does this say? What is he withholding from us? Are you with me? Sometimes you'll, you'll start getting involved at church or you'll donate or you'll help someone and something else will go wrong in your life. And you're like, oh, it's the devil. Or one day you wake up and you know your mood's a bit down or you're a bit emotional or something. Oh, it's the devil. This challenge, Lord, you know. And the truth is, is that you're just trying to protect the ego. Protecting the ego will rob you of abundant life. Hands down. And you see, every single one of us needs to come to that place where we need to understand that dismantling that ego is our responsibility. No one can do it for us. No one, you know? And we need to develop our security and our, our um, assurance in God, like you were talking about now, based on what his word says and his love for us, so that when we need to disagree with a mother, a father, a wife, a child, a brother, a sister, we can say, listen, I love you, but that's not what the word of God says. And you know, the truth is, I need to tell you this because I can't let my value be anchored on the way you see me. My value is anchored on the way God sees me. So I love you, but we need to follow the word of God. Are you with me? If we don't do that, guys, there's no freedom. No, but that's how we've done it for generations. That's great. But I am now a new generation in Christ. I can't follow that generation anymore. And that's cool. You guys can carry on that way, but I can't keep going that way, guys. I'm sorry. God's word says this. Are you with me? If we don't take that stance, guys, we cannot have the expectation of the reality of God's goodness in our lives. Because God's goodness only exists in the kingdom. He's good all the time, but we only experience it when we go his way. Amen? Amen? Amen. Come Amen. On, Did you guys get something this morning? She's got a what? question. Okay, we're going to get to the question. What's the, what's the time? My, my watch is playing. Ten past. Guys. Ten past. Yeah. Can, we, can we have five minutes, guys? Yeah. You guys, or is that, is that roast chicken calling you? Mom's place is calling. Where's Mom's place. Oh, the samosas are calling. <laughs> okay, let, let's go with one or two questions. Is that cool, everybody? Yeah. Do we have a consensus? Yes? Cool. Cool. Oh, you want to oh, say something? Yeah. Preach. Hello. Hello, everyone. Camera, please. Me again. Um, what you guys are saying is so true. Amen. And I think... Sometimes in life we get so wrapped up in our ego and what everyone else thinks of us. And it's a very dangerous place to be. Um, I'm in an industry where you're kind of surrounded by it all the time. And if you're not careful, 
you really become that person that just cares about what everyone thinks of you. And I've recently had an experience and I feel like I have to share it. Um, I've had my studio, I've been in my studio for a couple of years and I've been very happy there. And they sold the building without us knowing. And all of a sudden I had to move out and I've had to look for a new place to run my business. And first thing that happens, ego sets in. And I started to stress and panic. And what was my first thought? What will everyone think of me? What will everyone think about my business? What are they all going to do? What are they all going to say? And before I knew it, I was in this dark place of like panic and fear, crying. My sister, my brother, my boyfriend, they all had to put up with me again in some stress. <laughs> Instead of relying on God. How silly. Because all I needed to do was actually say, God, please take it again. Take it. And you know what? When, he, when I did that, when I actually said to him, Lord, this is bigger than me, and I'm, I'm acting out of self, I'm making irrational decisions, I'm not acting like someone who is led and provided for, the minute I just let go, someone um, contacted me to build my studio from the ground up. I mean, <laughs> so uh, the moral of the story is just exactly what they've been saying. We damage our own lives. We are the problem. We blame everybody else the whole time. This person is doing this to me. This person thinks that of me. Oh, my life is so bad. It's us. It's nobody else. We can't control what other people choose to do and say to us. That is out of our control. But we can control how we let it affect us. And it's just been on my heart. It was on my heart to say this. Actually, I wanted to do it in the stewardship. I don't know why, so it must have needed to be said. But guys, you really have to be aware of where your hearts are at. And you have to be aware of what you're walking with every day. What are you choosing to allow people to do to you? Because it's not them, it's you. And um, yeah, the ego is very dangerous. Be careful of that because you block off your own blessings and your own provision. And that is, we are provided for. Every path you go down is provided for. Amen. Sheesh. Yeah. Nice to, uh, to have uh, the glorification of how good God is. Awesome. The only thing missing from that was, are you with me? <laughs> next time. Next time. <laughs> Amen. Anyone else? Anybody? Awesome. I'm just quickly going to give you like a, a small breakdown and then we're going to close up, okay? You got? It's going to take me about two minutes. But this is the reason why you can't afford not to deal with your ego. When you're in your mother's womb, the emotional stress and the panic and the fear and all of the philosophies that your mother has dealt with, her own insecurities, her own, that's emotional intelligence. It's emotional stuff that gets passed on to you. Are you with me? In the womb. In your actual cells. Okay. Then when you, are, when you are born, this is called the Erickson's life stages. This is a bit of psychology. Okay. So when you are born, the fact that you laying there helpless as a little infant baby naked, you need someone to come wipe your bum when it's burning from all the poo. 
You need somebody to come and feed you because you can't feed yourself. You need someone to change your nappy, hold you, coddle you. That time right there, if you don't get it the way you're supposed to, you immediately start to build trust issues within yourself. By the time you get to three and you start running around the house and you start putting your finger in the plug and you're pulling the, the kettle off by the cord and your parents are saying, no, stop doing that. No, don't do that. No, don't do that. That's the time where entrepreneurship is built inside you. So at that time, if your parents are stopping you from exploring, if they're not showing you in the way you should go, not showing you the way you shouldn't go, Jesus says, he knows everything, guys. The Bible said, do not train your children up in the way they should not go. He said, train your children up in the way they should go. So you're lazy and you sit there and you say, no, don't put your finger in the plug. No, don't do this. No, do, don't do that. You know what you did? You just killed entrepreneurship in your child. Because at that stage, at that time of their life, that's where the spirit of entrepreneurship is made. On the time that they go and explore. You just caused your child to be somebody who's just going to work for a boss all day. Because they can't, they're too scared to explore. So then, what comes next? They go and get taught how to read and write in school. That's when they start to develop other types of issues where they're not as quick, not as good as the other kids in their class. Okay, so identity issues start setting in already. Six, seven, eight. When they get to 12, 13, they've already got, if these things haven't been in place, and it's never in place perfectly because your mother's not perfect and your father's not perfect. So you're starting off in a deficit. Don't ever think, that everything's okay, deep down in there. This is the fallen world we're living in. There's a reason why Jesus had to come. And it wasn't just because you're catching a smoke. Okay, so then, by the time you're in your teens, you've already got all these trust issues, you've got all these fear issues, you've got uh, um, identity issues, and what's the first thing you do? You look for a crowd that'll accept you. See, do you see where the ego is coming from? Then when in the teen years, you build the ego around the idiots that accepted you. But you thought they were cool. But they're the biggest buffoons that ever walked planet Earth. Just like you. You're the, you're the buffoon amongst the buffoons. And Jesus calls it the blind leading the blind. Now... You get all of your, you get of your vision of love from the buffoons. And you're all encouraging each other. And then you make career choices based on what they say. I know kids that went and studied things just because their friends are studying it. That's ego, guys. Ten years later, they discovered, jeez, I should never have been sitting behind the computer pu pushing numbers. I've actually got a gift to work with my hands. I'm miserable. Are you with me? Ego. So it just builds and it builds. And then at 24, 25, I need to marry somebody because everyone's getting married. So it better happen. My biological clock is ticking. So let me quickly get married. Yeah, and then you go and open your heart up to the buffoon friends. And they go, yeah, that chick is, she's lacquer, but you better snap her up before so, or I'll snap her up if you don't take her. Next moment you're buying a ring and you're proposing. And then you're running off, and guess what? 
Now you've got to impress her and your friends and your own ego because you've got all that lack. This is just such a, I'll go into it on discipleship school. You guys will be blown away. And then, and then you run after a career and you go try and make all this bucks. And it's work, work, work. Now it's performance, performance, performance. Because your whole life is set up to, to please something that's not even real. But to you it's real because it's all you know. That's why when Lady Gaga sings a song, I was born this way. We were all born that way. We needed to get reborn. So then we get reborn so that the ego can die. But they chase and they go build and they go build and they go build. And then they get to 40 and they look back and they go, yes. Who is this oak? Who is this person? What is this stuff I have here? I don't even feel a sense of achievement. I don't even, who is it? I don't even know whose life I've been living here. And then what happens? They grow a beard, get a leather jacket and buy a Harley Davidson. Because now they have to supplement all the lack that they've built. 40 something years, 50 years, midlife crisis, boom. Financing a Porsche. Are you with me? And guess what happens at that moment? That's why they call it midlife crisis. Because at that moment, most people, it falls apart right there. Because instead of turning back and killing the ego and trusting God, what they do is they go, yes, I, I haven't even achieved much. I gave my life to my kids. I've been working so long. I've done this. And they go so inward, they become more egotistical, more egocentric. And guess what happens? For the next 20 years, they divorce their wife for 40 years. They don't speak to their kids. They go and get a young chickie. They spend all their money on her. They get to 60. They got nothing. And now we're supposed to be 60, 65, preparing to die, going to be with our Lord and Savior. And guess what? You can't go with peace in your heart. You've got regrets. You've got fear. You've got anxiety. You've got no peace. Because you're still alive, but you're about to die. You're supposed to be dead so that you can go and be alive. If you give God a big round of applause. And let me tell you something. If you think you can see, you are blind. You don't know what's controlling you. Your own heart controls your decisions every day. Your heart makes decisions before your mind does. If you don't know how that works, you should be on discipleship school every Wednesday. You can still join. Now, we only had one Wednesday and they had an introduction. Get there this week. 200 rand a month for you to kill your ego. Hmm. Should be charging you much more than that to kill your ego for you. Amen. So come on Wednesday and let's die together. Okay? Can we do that? Come on, give God a big round of applause. This thing's way deeper, guys. It's way deeper. When the Bible talks about the sin of man, it's way deeper than what you think. Amen. Amen. Today's the day of salvation. Today. I need to be saved every day. Not I got saved in 1975. Now everything's okay. I need to be saved today. Amen. Amen.